Welcome to another episode of Bitch Rehab. We haven't done an episode of Bitch Rehab since Robert Pattinson. Since our Pat. Yep, yeah, it's been a long Pat. time. <laughs> That's what we call him now, because we're okay. friends. Because we're friends. <laughs> like we're friends with uh, Bo Burnham. Burn. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Bo Bober. That's what we'll call him. <laughs> that was that was great. So we both loved this movie. Yes, and uh, for those of you that aren't friends with him, it's Bo Burnham. Yeah, writer and director of Eighth Grade, a film that's out today, June seventh. Yes, and this is twentieth. Oh shit! Oh, that's I was okay. Of, um, Won't you be my neighbor? Which is out. That's what I have oh, to do. Oh, yeah, June. Yeah. That's what I have to do the next intro You were thinking for. of today's date is what you were thinking Tomorrow, of today is June is 7th. 7th. It's Prince's birthday. Oh, and my nephew. Fuck, I have to call him. Sorry. We should Sorry, leave all that this. Sorry, that was a rant. <laughs> that was a rant. Happy birthday, Prince and Angie's nephew. Chris. <laughs> right. So July 20th. What about that? Oh, no, that's when this movie comes out. <laughs> July 20th is a funny day because that's when 8th grade is released. <laughs> And we both loved this movie. Uh, I was so excited to do the interview with you because I knew that it was just going to flow so easily with this guy. Because we were both eighth grade girls at one point. Correct. Oh, my God. Contrary to popular belief, we were. I know. I know. People are like, what? You were young at one point? But yeah, it's, it's, I was thinking, and I hate to say this, but I was thinking like, I hate kids nowadays. With fucking their millennials. Self. Yeah, right. fucking millennials. They're ruining the planet. Like, kids with their cell phones, and they're always, they should be spanked. That's how I feel when I look at kids. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw this movie, I was like, oh, she's me. Yeah, I didn't put it on YouTube, you know what I mean? But that right. was me in that awkward, painful, just condition of being in eighth grade yeah and i am thankful to bill burnham for um hopefully alleviating some of that grumpy old lady in me that thinks that feels that way about kids and now i'll look at them in a different light me too because we're all and 20 year olds you know it's like the way we were we talk about in the interview that you guys are going to hear in a minute with bill burnham is how you know eighth graders are doing the whole snapchat no filter just woke up like this dude i know 40 year olds doing that (laughs) and i judge the shit out of them right you know i I look at that and i'm like you come on really like we know you put puppy dog ears on your head so that it would erase the wrinkles out of your face (laughs) like you just look like an ass but now i get it because we want people to think we're pretty and that makes want, me want to yeah. cry. We, we, he, he does a great job of connecting that little piece that we all have that just wants to be accepted. Yeah, we want ultimately. people to love us. That's all That's all anybody wants. Right. And, and this girl, to me, is so lovable. I almost wanted to have a kid. I, I almost wanted. I know, but not really. Not <laughs> really. I'm not. No, too no. Far. Not literally. <laughs> Whenever I say that, it's in the figurative sense. <laughs> but I just wanted, you know, I mean, because I wouldn't want one every day. But I do want to go find that girl and hug her. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I almost want to go to an eighth grade class and just hug all those awkward kids. Right. And, and let them know you'll be fine. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's you, gonna get you better. You might be awkward forever because we're all still awkward, but it's okay. Right. That's that's ultimately what you get from the film. So. Exactly. I mean, I was awkward for forever, and then I self-medicated to not feel awkward and now I'm sober and it's fine I'm going through feelings but it's great it's it just becomes easy and life gets good and and you learn to love people it gets good and bad and good oh yeah it gets life it gets lifey so enjoy our interview with Bo Burnham thank you so much for joining us I want to talk about um I felt almost exposed when I was watching this movie because <laughs> I looked at the, at the trailer and honestly I was like I'm not going to relate to this I don't understand kids these days with their phones all the time you know and that's how and then when I saw the movie 
it captured literally everything I felt at that age. Oh, that's it nice. It just reminded me that it's still the same pain that we're feeling. Yeah. Where did you find Elsie Fisher? Um, I had just... I was looking online for actors of that age and stumbled on her and just sort of felt like this feels really right and I'm totally rooting for her and I want to bring her in and I don't know if she can act. It was like some like interview with her um, and then she was brought in. She was just immediately correct. Like the the movie was like never even alive when other kids read it. It like uh, almost made no sense. Every other kid felt like a confident kid pretending to be shy and she felt like a shy kid pretending to be confident, which is what the mm-hmm. role needs yes, to feel like, you know? Absolutely. Because like when you watch the movie, it, for me, it's like I don't see Elsie playing Kayla. I see Kayla playing all the people she thinks she needs to be in every moment. Um, so yeah, it's just sort of a crazy magic trick she does that I don't understand. But yeah, <laughs> was any of it ad libbed? No, a lot less of it was ad libbed than it appears. Yeah, like, the Gucci. It, that, it, that that well, that was made up. She that that's hers. That that's something she would say. <laughs> that on was set. her. Yeah, she would say it on set all the time, and I was like, what does that even mean? So you, so you added it in. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, we filmed that in the last, we filmed the videos the last couple days, and I wanted her to have a sign-off, so I was like, oh, of course it should just be the thing she says, so. Was there a reasoning behind it, or is it just something she said? I mean, it, I she say would go, things I, all the time, so right, I get it, but I just. I'd say, like, how are you doing, Elsie? And she'd go, like, Gucci, and then, like, <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. And that was the part, too, to, like, hopefully get things into the film, sort of, that was that were relevant to the kids that was sort of undigested by me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't want to have to know everything. Right. You know, I wanted just stuff to be authored by the kids without me processing it. But the monologues were written like, um, yeah, so the thing about being yourself is, uh, wait, uh, I'm reading this off a piece of paper, you know? That was written? Wow. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's not, it's not like necessarily done word perfect, but the rhythm was written. Like, she's giving a technical performance. It wasn't like, okay, just be you, and then I'll make a movie, you know? She, she should win an award. Yeah, I know, I think no so, kidding. too. She yeah. was amazing. I mean, I was, like, biting my nails when I was mm. watching that. From, it the, was, from the opening scene. Yeah, the Right there with scene. her emotionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, I'm going to be taken for a ride right now. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's nice. But I agree with, with Dana how you definitely touched upon, I was back to being an awkward eighth grade kid. Mm. But I think what's so magical about this film is you also make it connected to us emotionally right now Mm. in our current internet social media climate. So it's like you're connected to that awkward eighth gradeness, but also to the anxiety that comes with living in today's society. Yeah, yeah, that's the hope. I mean, that's how I relate to her. You know, I see myself in Kayla and Elsie a lot. And I don't see, for me, I don't see my eighth grade self. I see my current self. You know, that's that's how I related to the film. Mm-hmm. I didn't set out to write a film about kids you know, initially. I set out to write a film about how I was feeling at the time, which was nervous and anxious. And it felt like it had to do with the internet in, a, in some sort of way. And it being kids sort of allowed me to talk about those things in just a very pure way because they feel things so purely and they engage in things so honestly as opposed to when we get adults and we kind of, we become a little ironic and cynical and... And numb. Yeah, yeah. And it just, it, yeah, it all, th- those stresses kind of take a backseat to, you know, family and taxes and all this stuff. But when you're a young person, those stresses really are all you have. So it was able to, it was a way to talk about those things as a very pure thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the internet means a lot to her. To us, it's kind of like a background stress. Yeah, it's like a whole new thing. It's like you have to deal with the kids at school, and you want to be popular with them. We were just talking about this outside, and now you have to deal with how many likes you get on like a YouTube video or an yeah. Instagram post. Yeah, you're not I safe can't at imagine. Home. Exactly, and that's the thing too is that it never leaves you. Is that like you used to like deal with what you had to deal with at school and then go home, but yeah. now you never. Your social life is in your pocket literally all the time, and that's very very stressful. 
it, it's worrisome, actually. It yeah. worries me about these kids mm -hmm. and how they're going to be able to adjust in the world. One, the, the, one of my favorite scenes, even though it was the most painful for me to watch, was the uh, pool scene. Oh. Because <laughs> I remember that, although it was seventh grade, not eighth, we had to go to a pool party, and I made up lies. This is how afraid I was of my body and everyone, is I made up lies about being on antibiotics that I couldn't get in the sun. So I had to sit inside. That, none of that was true. It's I didn't want to be in a bathing suit yeah, in front yeah. of people. But then there were girls doing back bends, and you, there was everybody <laughs> yeah. who wasn't mean. I was just scared, and there I ended up talking to the girls. parents that you were just like, "Damn it, just don't stand next to them." But that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I love about Kayla is her whole "fake it till you make it" thing that she does. Yeah, it's yeah, just exactly. beautiful. Which right. is yeah, and I think it's like a great way to do it. You it know, really like, is. Like the, the, Put yourself like, out there. And yeah. pretending to be confident is just as good as being confident. And and you know, I do believe though also like the girl that's doing backbends at the pool is was feeling like Kayla either two years before then or two years after then. Yeah. You know, like I think everyone had the point where they weren't feeling thrilled about their body at a pool party. I certainly oh was. Oh my god. I had my hands under my arms because like I didn't have armpit hair and I was very self-conscious about that. And yet I'm sure like every boy that had armpit hair was very horrible about that. So you know yeah, that's the whole hope of the movie is just to uh, just explore those feelings of, of discomfort and, and to explore the things, explore these things uh, on her terms, you know, to, to treat the things as significantly as, it, as they feel to her. You know, singing at a karaoke thing might seem like a stupid little thing, but to no. her it's the bravest thing in the world. So, you oh, know, yeah. to treat all those moments as she feels them, which are very big and very intense. The beauty of that moment was when she was singing, there was silence, because we didn't need to hear what she was singing. We didn't need to know what she was singing or whether or not she it sang was it well. well. She, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she was yeah, exactly. wasn't important at all that right. she did it. Yeah, yeah. That, I still get goosebumps. You know, yeah. I love yeah. that oh, scene. That's so nice. Like, that was a beautiful scene. Oh, thank you. That's my favorite. That's sort of the one that means most to me, or the one that at least did what, does what, like, as a microcosm the movie tries to do, which is just, yeah, take a scene that on paper sounds like nothing, but to, when you actually feel it with her is very... I mean, right. even the kids in the room don't realize it's a big deal for her. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were all nonplussed. Yeah, they, yeah, and that's sort of the... Uh, it's the same thing with all that. It's like, when she walks onto the pool, it's not that a bunch of kids point and laugh at her. You know, right. it doesn't need to Does be that to, yeah. to be traumatizing. It doesn't need to... Because really, it's in your head. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's sort of the movie. Is the, Almost the plot of the movie is just what's happening between her ears. Right. And she kind of... You're gaining confidence through her as well. Because let's be honest, do you want to be seen in a bikini today? Not I don't. Today. I mean, Not these are today. still things that plague exactly. us. Exactly. And also, like, <laughs> I, I defy anybody. Like, even though the opening monologue to the webcam is, like, stumbly and, and ridiculous. It's like, I defy anyone to talk about being yourself and not sound like an idiot. Right. You know, yeah, like, right. Oh, like, even though they're, like, kind of hallmark corny phrases, being yourself, putting yourself out there, how to be confident, those are... Those are questions I still struggle with. I know right. they, they sound like corny little posters or whatever, but like she is struggling with very deep, deep questions growing up. Like th those are very, uh, even though they sound sort of, I don't know, like Tony Robbins or whatever. I mean, like they are important, deep questions. They are. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about the, because um, you were saying, you know, things that don't look like a big deal on paper, but when you're watching her go through it, you feel it and it's intense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the scene in, in the car yeah. with the boy, it was another yeah. thing. If I read yes. that, I'd be, I wouldn't have thought it was that big of a deal. But I was so uncomfortable and I wanted to cry and I felt for her because I had been there. We've all been there. Just someone a little older that you look up to just trying to take advantage. Yeah, and yeah. 
especially in today's climate, how did exactly. yeah, how did you approach that scene? Well, yeah, just trying to approach it very sensitively and communicate with Elsie and Daniel and Elsie's father and just but that that was the point to try to portray a type of scene that when you know, if Kayla describes it six months after the fact, they'll say, "What do you mean he got in the back seat and touched your arm and you said no and he stopped? What's right. the big deal?" You know, but when you actually feel it with her in the moment, you feel the subjective truth of it to her, which is that it is incredibly emotionally violating and violent, and it doesn't need to be literally criminal to be incredibly wrong. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the scene doesn't go where you think it's going to go, or where you worried. The scene, a lot of people say, like, oh, I'm so glad it didn't go to where I thought it was going to go. But just because it doesn't go there doesn't mean it's not incredibly traumatic. And you she's know? scarred, yeah. yeah. She's scarred yeah. from that moment. And that, and, and, it, and that has definitely coincided with what's sort of happening in the current national conversation, that there is a subtler conversation to be had about these sort of things, and there's a sort of subtler violence that happens. And the thing that's really problematic to me that I think is hopefully changing is... Um, you know, when I was in eighth grade and eighth graders now, it's like, you know, they learn how to use birth control. They learn nothing about, like, how to be a boyfriend, how to be a girlfriend, what it actually means to right. be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know? How to listen to someone. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, like, I learned how to put on a condom when I was 13. I didn't learn, like, in my first sexual experience what I should ask, what needs to be said out loud. So, and that's what's so, I think, part of what's so terrifying about the scene is you know that, like, ev- almost every Lot, everything he's saying to her is just one new thing after another. She's having so much to process for the first time. Mm-hmm. So she has no idea where to grasp. And, and, and I hope, I think the national conversation is starting to change that. So we just start to have these conversations with kids earlier. That it's like, it's not just all about anatomy and birth control. Sex education should be about power and dynamics. The emotional and connection. Yeah. And what, what the act, what, how it's actually going to play out. Which is, there's a lot of things before that, to get to that point. To get, there's a lot of things before, before birth control. That oh my boys, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boys and girls, especially boys, need to be educated on. Um, well, and that's what, uh, I had to keep reminding myself while I was watching the movie, I was like, a man wrote this. Because you were able to portray it from such a real place, coming from my own experience. Uh, and then I read that you did research looking up eighth grade vloggers. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's how you kind of got into the psyche of, of an eighth grade girl and connected it to your own experience. Yeah, and with all of it, it really is like, and, and beyond the vlogs, it's like, if you want to know anything about kids these days, they're posting their entire lives online. <laughs> you know, so you don't have to go to a school and interview them. They're like, it, yeah. all the information is there for you also you know um yeah the, the movie affords her a certain amount of privacy that, that you know it, it is more about what goes on in her head and i think i can relate to that i hope it serves the specific demographic experience of being a young woman but i also hope it's like why can't a 13 year old girl be a conduit for the human condition you know what i mean why can't mm-hmm. she, why can't it why can't everyone relate to her? Everyone relates to cowboys. You know I mean, why can't everyone relate to a 13-year-old girl? And also I had, my girlfriend is a writer-director that, you know, is the only person that reads my stuff while it's being written. So I sort of had like a voice to, you know, call BS on hmm. if I was like ever like not doing something responsibly or doing something falsely. And beyond just that, I'm making a movie. I'm not writing a novel. So I'm collaborating with women the whole time. I mean, like, you know, my composer, my, I mean, my editor, the entire post-production process is just me and a woman sitting in a room. And she's, Jen Lilly is very, you know, had so many of her experiences. Anna Meredith, our composer, had real connections to Kayla. And she sort of gives the entire subconscious of the film. So, 
part of what's registering to you is also actually the the work of women and not just work of me as well you know that's mm-hmm. uh, a it's a very group effort you mentioned the composer that's another thing that i found really interesting about the movie was the sound mm-hmm. um i'm really big on audio and i yeah. the sound was intense like you know the scene where she kind of has a little breakdown yeah. and she's with her father it's it, like we were saying mm-hmm. about the karaoke you don't really need to know what she's saying yeah. because you get how she's feeling but how did you come up with like the sound sequences and the way the music was going to be used? It was really powerful. Oh, thanks. Yeah, well, I knew I wanted electronic music because it's like a digital story. So a lot of indie sort of young adult movies can have like sort of mandolins and it's all very cutesy and it makes yeah, the story feel very right. twee and small. And I wanted it to feel big. I wanted the music to make this experience bigger to sort of sink the audience's heart rate in hers. Their heart rate is going, you know. Um, so I stumbled on Anna Meredith, who's an electronic composer, which is brilliant. She's a classic, classical Scottish composer that does electronic music on the side, and her music is just very theatrical and big and bold and foreground. Um, and it's also just not like the sort of mechanical, aggro, sort of masculine, cold version of electronic music that sort of happens in a lot of places. Um, but yeah, that, that was really just the hope, to just make it... Uh, uh, sound is a really good visceral thing to connect people to you know sound can really play with scale really well and make things feel very intense and overwhelming i think the experience of being a kid is like very sensory you know i mean that was Mm -hmm. sort of the idea is that like sounds are louder and tastes are more vivid you know everything is just like big and overwhelming so that's what we wanted the movie to be overstimulating to feel like you because she is overstimulated she is so we wanted it to be very very quiet very very loud very very dark, very bright, very, you know, because that's sort of the world kids live in. And that's sort of the choice between your phone or the back of your eyelids, you know, which is what the choice kids make in bed every day. Right. Mm-hmm. The choice between all the information in the history of the world or oblivion, you know, right. like there's like really no middle ground for kids nowadays, it feels like. Well, D- Dina brought up her father. The the scenes with her and her father oh were so painful to watch. She's trying so hard. Yeah. I think every parent needs to watch this movie. Maybe they won't learn how to parent better, but at least they can emphasize it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, okay, yeah, it's it's a teachable yeah, moment hope. for the parent. Yeah, exactly, that's the hope to even just like, part of the initial impulse of like the structure of the movie, just like, okay, let's, for the first 20 minutes, it's just like, let's just give, you've seen the scene of the, girl on her phone at the dinner table ignoring her parent a million times. You see it like Cheerio commercials. Right. It's like, can we give context to that moment so by the time you show up at the dinner table, you, the audience, even 40-year-old men are going, Dad, shut up. Right. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like you, They're not these teenage assholes anymore. It's like, oh. Yeah, it's like, well, you she get why she wants today. to escape. Like, she, yeah. yeah, she dealt with a lot. She doesn't need to answer your questions right now, you know? So, like, that's, that's the hope is that Dad is like, is this guy across the table from this? Is the guy in the in in the doorway, you know? And then eventually they 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 get a little closer. But um, yeah, yeah. And the way she reacts to him is just so <laughs> adorable. Because you're thinking all parents must be, what is wrong with my kid nowadays? You know. But like yeah, yeah, yeah. we get, like you said, we now know the context, and we're watching her yeah. and what goes on with her. So when she freaks out and throws a banana, we know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, but exactly. the dad is probably like, like, what? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's you know, and that's sort of his job is to like take the bananas that are thrown right. at him in so yeah. many words. It's like. Sometimes when you're a kid, you can kind of only be cruel to the people that you love because it's, it, it's they're the your only safe people zone. you're not. Yeah, they're, they're, exactly. exactly. They're the only people you're not scared of. Mm-hmm. She wishes she could get her frustration out 
at school, but she's too scared. So she's getting her frustration on you and you should take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. For me, that was my mom. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it was mine too. I mean, the, I, I, the dad is a lot of my mom in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what a great character choice for that actor. He was so good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he, even yeah. when he wasn't talking, his faces were just <laughs> so <laughs> perfect. Yeah, great. I'm glad. Another one of my favorite scenes was the uh, chicken nugget, awkward yeah. chicken oh, nugget yeah. date. Oh, oh my, my God. God. It was so, I've never been so happy about an awkward date. Me neither. Or date, can we call it a date? Yeah, whatever, whatever. Well, the thing is, it's like, <laughs> the truth is, I think they're just becoming friends, but even when you're, like, I realize, like, even friendships feel as loaded as dates when you're 13. You know, yeah. even just having a friend over. I, you know, what I mean, no matter what gender, it doesn't matter. It's just like making a, bringing a new person to your, into your life when what you're 13. What do you say? Is so that's intense. interesting. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> trying to, like, yeah, exactly. You, you want to show them everything about yourself in one second. Yeah, like, yeah, this exactly. is me. Yeah, but they're not yeah. going to ask. So how do you do that? There's like a seven minute deleted scene of him doing a magic show for her that'll hopefully oh. make it into it. The movie couldn't really support it at the end. It was just too long, but it'll hopefully make the uh, the iTunes extras or something. But there's a really great him showing off his magic for her. I love, oh my God, I love I that kid. That. He is incredible. Yeah, was and the, the best. And the, so- yeah. the, the sauces, I'm a condiment fan, so yeah, I was like, yeah. hey, that, that works for me. I'll yeah. take that date. Yeah. yeah, he's a good, like, the movie gets a little, is a little more emotional before then, and he, uh, He's, he kind of picks you up and dusts you off at the end of the movie and makes sure you had a good time. So. Oh, my God. That's exactly <laughs> what he did. That's yeah. what, even when he showed up, I was like, oh, my God, more of him. I yeah. love Gabe. Yeah. Yeah. He's my favorite. He's so funny. <laughs> yeah. and, and he reminded me so much of, of kids that I went to school with and kids that I'm still friends with mm. that were just, like, nerds. But I remember we would have those awkward times where we would be on the phone and they would just be playing me, like, their favorite Def Leppard song, the whole song, all the way through. And I was like, <laughs> well, how long? Okay. Are you there? You know? <laughs> but they're so passionate about it. You're like, all right, I'll, so hang. Passionate I'll hang with about you. It. Yeah. yeah like, this song defines me. Yeah. Well, I think that's a very particularly young boy thing to only be able to navigate <laughs> the world in your interests because you're very, young boys are very uh, not comfortable expressing themselves in conversation. So the only thing they can do is be like, look at this thing I want. Right. Or like, look at this thing I like. Or do you want to see a puzzle I did? You know what I mean? It's like, because they, they have a tough time holding conversation. I think she's teaching him at the end. You know what I mean? Like she's, what's nice I think is it feels like, oh, it's finally someone more nervous than her. It's finally someone, yes. finally someone's looking to her for help and she can And acceptance. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. That's exactly, that's what I got from that scene too, is like now it's finally, she can relax. And yeah, yeah. else be a little, cause he's just a little bit more awkward than her. Yeah, yeah. So now she can relax and do that. Yeah. But it was, yeah, I loved that part. Was any of that last scene um, improv or was Some that? Some of that was. That was one of the, like, when they talk about Rick and Morty, which is a television yeah, show. Yeah, I've never seen the show, but they love that, so. I knew of it, but was, I didn't, th- yeah. That part is the one, like, improvised. And then there's a few parts in the mall with the high school kids that are improvised, but but the Rick and Morty thing is, is I just kind of let them go for it. <laughs> That's so cute. Did those two become friends? Yeah, I mean, what he auditioned and tested with Elsie and I had them improvise in the audition and he was like you know you like tacos and she was like yeah and he goes hard, hard shell or soft and I went you have the part I said you have the part and I said like you have the part you cannot talk to each other though I was like do not because I was like we have to preserve all of this right. weird energy so I, I did not let them exchange information I love that question and then they, that's and an important incredible. question so they, and I will judge you based on your answer yeah. <laughs> exactly so they, they showed up in the day and then we filmed and then, 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 then now they've been staying in touch but I had to like it had to feel like one of the first times they talked 
there because like you had to have that sort of awkwardness and discomfort which was just amazing yeah and I mean the whole pain of her just the Elsie Fisher's face when she's looking through the box that she what's it called time capsule for some reason I never did that but it's when she's looking through the box of the stuff that she put in there and just watching her face she's just got the most expressive face she's incredible like I would see it from now on if she's in something I'll see it yeah. Because I, she was just so good. Mm-hmm. She just, I it's felt very deep and very deep. You know, because kids can tend, kid actors can tend to express very expressively. Yeah, so theater sad because yeah. like, uh, you know. And she's able to be very. All of her emotions are very subterranean. Subtle. They're very below the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, she and like sometimes when I look at her, it's like there's five things going on in her face. I yeah, can see her excited and scared and reacting to the. You know, so she's just like, she's got, a, she's got a whole. She can sort of maintain that chaos of what it means to be a kid within a scene, which is just incredible. Right. You found the per- like you found the perfect person to get your story across. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel it's like so great. I can't believe we greenlit the movie before we found her. It feels like irresponsible that we were trying to make it. Really, it's like because I don't think there was a second. There was never a second choice, and I met every actor. It was like it was her or nothing. Well, and one of the big themes of the movie is uh, your presence on social media versus who you are once the camera's off, yeah. once no one's looking at you, and, and you having come from becoming a YouTube star and a stand-up comedian. It seems like this project was really cathartic for you. Yeah, I mean, it was more like, yeah, and I hope it can be cathartic for other people in terms of forgiving ourselves. You know what I mean? When a 27-year-old wakes up and takes a picture of themselves and says, just woke up, you're like, ugh. Yeah, <laughs> right? When a 13-year-old does, you're like, aw. You know, and like, yeah. the truth is, I think we're all coming from that place. If we're all honest with ourselves deep down, and like when I look at my friends, 30-year-olds on the internet, I'm like, why are you acting like eighth graders? Like, I think we are yeah. all kind of just scared kids yes. that want love and want acceptance. So that was part of it, to uh, hopefully forgive myself a little bit for, you know <laughs> I mean, for the way I've been on the internet and, and kind of admit deep down we're all just kind of like desperate little kids that just want to be liked and want to be seen, and, and that's okay. Um, and we should just like, you know admit it and speak it out loud and try, stop trying to be so cool and just chill out and have some chicken nuggets. Exactly. With yeah. all inside. the sauces. With one of each yeah, sauce. Exactly. One, one of each sauce. <laughs> Soft shell, too. But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Correct. All right. Well, thank you so much, yeah, well, Bogart. And this really was an awesome it. conversation. Oh, uh, yeah. An incredible film. And can we hug it out? Yes. Sure. All right. Cool. Yeah. 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 Appreciate yeah. it. Good. Thanks, guys. So that was the Bitch Rehab interview with Bo Burnham. I love him. I do too. We could have kept talking forever. I do too. And for those of you listening, I would like you to know that he's six foot five. He is so tall and... And you're so tiny. <laughs> like when you stood next to him in the picture, I'm like, that's so cute. Well, he is so wise and insightful and I just loved speaking with him. It was really right. fun. Was he like 27 years he's old? 27. I know. When I was 27 years old, I, I did not. I, there's no way. First of all, I could have made this movie. I don't want to talk I, about what I was yeah, doing. Me, yeah, me neither. <laughs> now bring I it there, it. Dana. Really, I know. I'm sorry I brought that up. That made me sad, too. Like, not a good time to think about. But yeah, no, he was really just kind and brilliant mm-hmm. and, and generous with his thoughts and his energy. Mm-hmm. I just love the movie. Yeah. Go out and see it. Out in theaters, July 20th. That's right. <laughs>